Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we've got Rick Rangel with the uh, OGA. Um, Rick's going to going to trade me some golf for some barbecue but then well he doesn't know that yet um but the question i posed to you right at the end of the show was i can appreciate the slow play complaints i i really can i play in some of these tournaments and they're they're benefit tournaments and even though the course wants you off there in four and a half hours it's six hours sometimes before you can do it i i get all that but how do we strike that balance of not running people off or telling them you can't play OGA or Langdon or Columbia Edgewater. You need to go play the, the Woodburn course across the freeway here. That's nine holes flat and has sand greens. That's where you belong to play. And I've actually heard that. And it's like, that's not doing us any good. No. I mean, is that welcoming message? Like, Hey, don't play this course, go play something else. That's more suitable to your game. And you know, there's a couple ways. Um, you know, if you're new to the game, there's the, uh, I think it's called Operation 36, where you actually start at the green and work your way back. And then you start with the putty and you start with the wedges, you start mm -hmm. with your irons, um, and then work your way back to the woods. In terms of, you know, pace of play, you know, we're lucky if you're a OGA member or just someone with a golf handicap, you know what net double bogey is, or formerly known as equitable stroke control ESC. Um, you know, after you hit a certain amount of shots and Let's yeah. say you're nowhere near the green, you, you pick up your ball and then that the gin app or um, whether you're posting your score online, that will go ahead and backfill whatever that score should be. You know, hypothetically, if your net double bogey is an eight on a hole, you just pick up after eight holes and you, you move along. And I think that's what people need to understand that, um, you know, if you're in the double digits and still counting your strokes, it's it's time to, to lift. Um, and if you have a handicap index, it'll work for that. Uh, it'll count for that accordingly. Yeah. Well, that, that's one way to do it. By the way, I don't know if, if anybody told you since you've assumed this job. A lot of the founding members of the OGA, a lot of guys that own Filbert Orchards and mm -hmm. Hop Farms and that. And they have a pretty significant men's club over there, or they did. I think they still do. Um, they would go across the freeway and play on that nine hill sand green course before men's club started because they didn't want anybody seeing them uh, playing in the men's club stuff. So they would go over there and practice like in February and March, and then they'd show up over here and good to go. So little inside baseball for you there. Well, it's good insight. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that, but thank yeah. you. I don't know if they still do it because some of those guys were, little older but yeah they they you can drive by over there and see them out there you know because you can hit four balls at a time nobody cares and uh so they could practice all they wanted until they showed up at the oga for men's club probably women's really? association yeah. too 
So I've got a few questions here, um, kind of irrelevant or sometimes irreverent, um, but uh, you've been a good support so far. So here we go. Is there a touring golf pro that you would like to have a lesson from? Oh, man, where do I start? Uh, my father enjoyed Lee Trevino. And I think about the way he hits his irons and, um, you know, going back to tape, watching his tape. Um, I've been privileged to to play with Ernie Els a few holes and uh, enjoy his company and um, Jason Day. And obviously, you know, Tiger Woods is who I grew up with. Um, man, it, that's all four. You know, if I could get a lesson from any of them, I would be a, a, a humble person to the, the rest of my life. Who do you think is up to this point has been the greatest golfer in history. There's always a conflab about that. I'm talking about competitive golfer. Is it Bobby Jones? Well, they kind of surpassed him a long time ago. Is it Jack? Yeah, there's an argument to be made. Is it Tiger? I'm in the Tiger camp. I'll tell you straight out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's your thoughts on that? I mean, you can't take away from what Jack has accomplished, but I, I grew up with Tiger and, uh, I've read all of his books. I'm a, I'm a fan. I still wear Nike because of, of Tiger. Um, and I think what he's been able to do and the way he's, as long as he's been able to do it, has been transformative for the game. You're going to see him play here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the Hero Challenge. The, the Hero Bahamas. Challenge. And he'll probably be down at that father-son thing, too, won't he? Or, um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He'll be with Charlie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, that's I always just enjoy it because when I have a friend, um, she's an adaptive golfer. She lives in Florida. She's done very well. And she works with Bridgestone. And they brought her in about six months ago to shoot a commercial. And Tiger was there. Uh, Matt Kuchar was there. Um, trying to think of who else was there. Maybe Jason Day. I don't know who. And Fred Couples was there and all that. And she said, you know, and she, they were filming her putting and doing different things like that. And she said that uh, she was just kind of standing there leaning against the golf cart. And Tiger came up and said, hi, how are you? And he shook her hand and, and all this and talked. And then they went about filming whatever they were going to film that day. And towards the end of the day, that was when they were having uh, the match. Uh, it was him and Justin, or I don't remember who all was playing in that. Uh, Jordan and Justin and Tiger and was it Kuchar playing? Anyway, uh, Tiger asked her if she wanted to go or if she was coming. She said, well, I don't have a ticket. She goes, you know, he goes, oh. So he called one of his assistants over and he goes, it's just you or, or and, and uh, the guy said, we don't have any more tickets and tiger said get her two tickets now <laughs> and so she got the vip pass the whole thing with that and it just it just changed her you know what i mean she was just enamored by this whole thing so he's done a lot of good it's great we're we're at the time where we're seeing the human side of tiger you yeah know, there was the stoic side when he was such and not to say he's no longer that elite player he still is um, but now you're going to see 
Tiger the father. You're going to see the different various roles. Tiger the designer. Um, a few weeks ago, he was playing in he was playing at the Hay in, in Pebble Beach, and it just happened to go coincide with uh, Youth on Course, which is a national initiative, the hundred hole hike. And there was a guy that hit a hole in one, and he came over and gave him a high five. And it was just neat seeing oh, Tiger cool. outside of you know the stoic Tiger from his competitive. Yeah. Well, he's still competitive, but when he's inside the ropes as opposed to outside the ropes and yeah. just hearing that story is pretty heartwarming. Yeah, it, it it really was. Um, Back to a couple of these questions. If you could um, play golf with any historical figure, anybody, hopefully they played golf, uh, past, present, whatever, who would that be, Rick? Uh, Bobby Jones, for one. Uh, I would say Bobby Jones. Um, I think it would be neat to play with one of any of the 45 presidents, 46 presidents. Yeah. Um, I think I, no one in particular. I just think it would be such an honor. Um, and I, I'd probably invite my father. I think he, uh, oh, sure. you know, he's, he's historical to me, maybe not to everybody else, but uh, I love and respect the man. And he was always been my superhero. Is he still living in the Midwest? Yeah, he's still in, he's in northeastern Indiana, northwestern, eastern part of it. Wow. He's a Hoosier. He's a Hoosier. Oh, how about that? Um, if you could, if you could have dinner with uh, one historical figure, who would it be? And doesn't have to be anything about golf now, just in general. Uh, who would it be? And what would be on the menu? Ooh, uh, I would say barbecue on the menu. Uh, there you go. Your choice of uh, burn ends, brisket, or just even tri-tip or ribeye. One historical figure, um, I you know, I think it would be John F. Kennedy uh, Jr. And that's just because I, as a child, I was always did a lot of term papers on him and school reports, and I just think he was an interesting figure uh in life and you know life cut short but yeah um i think that would be an interesting conversation if there was one thing that you could change about golf what would it be personally doesn't have to be supreme allied commander stuff it's just there's one <laughs> one thing that you could change about golf what would rick Rangel do uh i don't you know i don't know if i could change anything uh, that's not just a political answer. I think golf hasn't, I mean, it, we still use the same 14 clubs that we've had since old Tom Morris. Um, it's obviously stood the test of time. Um, I, it would almost be don't change it. Uh, leave it as it is because it's been working. Um, and there's something to be said that if it's, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, keep it as is. And yeah. um, it's obviously stood the test of time. Yeah. It was a favorite golf writer? Uh, I, I'm a high ideas guy. I really like what he puts out. Uh, Shipnuck is a, is a Northern California guy from yeah. NCGA fan. Um, one of those two writer, obviously uh, I really enjoy Jim Nance. I think what he does and, you know, in my NCGA days, we got him to, uh, to be the voice, if you called in the, the phone number, you, you you would hear Jim Nates say, hello, friends, welcome to the NCJ. So that was pretty special. Yeah. Um, but I'm just a, a golf junkie by nature. So Did you ever to... get to go over and play at his little uh, 
course right there behind his house at Pebble? I did not. I did not. But if he's listening, he should invite me. Jim, got to get Rick over there. Okay. I'm just <laughs> telling you, buddy, you got to get Rick over there. He deserves it like that. Um, as time goes on, there's going to be more and more encroachments on golf courses, space, housing, environmental factors. I don't think the golf course superintendents and golf CEOs get enough at the course level, enough credit for trying to, you know, protect the land, make sure the water's good, so on and so forth. But do you see that as something we can work with going down the road or is, do you think it's at some point, I'm not trying to get you to be a doomsayer, Rick. It's just the fact you can just look outside your course now where the old filbert orchards were and what they're doing there. Um, they're developing some housing there, but it's not just here where we are. It's all over the country. How do we, how do we deal with that? Yeah, I think of like resources, right? The West Coast, you think of the drought that's happening in Colorado River, the impact that's going to have in Southern California, um, the impact it's already having in Arizona. What's sustainability of, of golf courses? Does everything have to be lush and green? Can we do the right left side of the fairway where that's, you know, natural sandy area or removing just in terms of water resources? And then, you know, you mentioned land grabs. Um, you know, here there's housing going on. Um, but, you know, I, I, I turn on to my old California days. There was the Assembly Bill in 1910 that was trying to take uh, golf courses and make it into affordable housing. Um, you know, Dave Fiscom is a, an executive committee member of the OGA and former lobbyist. And he has this phrase of what happens on the coast generally goes up and down the coast. Um, and we saw that earlier this year. There, there was a couple of threats where um, the reserve was named, as was Pumpkin Ridge. And uh, potentially using that as a uh, area for potential semiconductor. So, you know, if we look at that and potential threats, you know, how do we go as an alliance? We have the Oregon Golf Alliance here and we have industry partners, uh, but it also looks at, you know, what does our lobbyist efforts look like and how do yeah. we make sure that we're in a future position that if any of those threats happen, um, how can we be as a coalition within the industry and make sure that we throw those threats? Southern Oregon, you know, potential droughts down there. Um, and then, you know, how does that look on the West Coast and everything west of the uh, Mississippi and everything east? Um, but there's always going to be natural threats. You look at the land that it uses, that it encompasses, um, but how are we good stewards of the land as well as the resources that are granted our way? You know, it's it's kind of unfortunate in a way because when a lot of golf courses were built, just take our, our local area here from Salem to Portland. A lot of those courses have been around for quite a while. Um, you know, compared to some of the courses in Portland, OGA, the OGA course is a relative newcomer. But when they built the golf course, they never thought about having to fight for its existence you know, over resources. Some of them were built so there could be houses around them. Some of them were built so that there was buffers and barriers. So there was no broken windows from errant tee shots. Thank you very much. But my point is, is that uh, the golf industry has to be on its toes now to all of these things. It's not just a, uh, an elite sport that somebody that's got a platinum 
uh, American Express card can afford to do. You know, it's it's everybody and the uh, the the targeting, if you will, to use a football term is is on the golf industry at times, too. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think as an industry, um, there's a national coalition and, you know, you have your golf associations such as OGA and Northern California, Southern California, up to Washington golf. But as an industry, including the USGA, we tend to to look after each other and let each other know of any threats, but um, also how do we unify those voices? And that goes to the PGA section um, that goes to the golf course superintendents that goes to the owners. I think, as a unified voice within one industry that makes us stronger together. Okay. One last question. What do you want for Christmas? Uh, I want for, you know, I don't, that's a great question. I think I just bought my Christmas gift to myself, which was, I was just telling you, I bought a, a, a alpha oven uh, yeah. outdoor pizza. Um, and that's probably what will be my Christmas present. And uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I get to make, some brick oven pizza with my kids and wife, and that's good enough for me. Did you did you get that driver head fixed or the driver? No, but that's not a Christmas present. That's actually an essential tool yeah. uh, for the trade. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love how you can justify that. I, I oh, really yeah. do. I'm impressed. <laughs> Rick Rangel, CEO of Oregon Golf Association. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and great time to have you on the show, and we will certainly do it again. Thank you, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to you and yours. You too, Rick. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Until then, be kind, go out, play some golf, and uh, don't eat too much at Thanksgiving because you'll end up looking like me. Take care, everybody.